Acts chapter 27, I'd like to read the whole chapter, but it's too long. But let me just read verse 20, if I may. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. Again, and when neither sun nor stars in the many days appeared, no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. I've never been one to give a whole lot of allegiance to weather forecasts because the weather's going to be what the weather's going to be. With all the fancy equipment that we have at the meteorological sense, uh, often they get the predictions wrong more times than they get it right. Uh, as my wife on her way to church this morning said, what's the weather going to be today? And she scrolled down on the weather thing on her phone and it's supposed to rain all day long and I haven't seen a drop all day. So that's why I give very little attention to the weather because the weather's going to do what the weather's going to do and the weather's going to be what the weather is going to be. But yet I remind you, brothers and sisters, forecasting the weather can be a difficult thing to do. Uh, we can predict the weather, uh, but we simply cannot tonight alter it in one size, shape, or the other. We can predict it, but we can't prevent it. We can prepare for it, but we can't change it. And we like it or dislike it, uh, there's not a thing you can do about it. But if you don't like the weather today here in America, uh, just hold on a little bit because if nature has its way, in all probability, the weather forecast will change tomorrow. <clears throat> However, during the hurricane season, I do have my ear to the ground. And during hurricane season, I do take great interest in listening to the weather forecast uh, because I want to know if one of them hurricanes are going to be heading their way. Uh, we often hear them talk about the hurricanes coming today. They can pinpoint with accuracy in the Caribbean, the Atlantic, or wherever uh, to see where that thing begins to form and how it goes from a tropical storm into a hurricane. They can pinpoint how fast it's going to go, what direction it's going to go with all those spaghetti models, uh, hopefully where it's going to land and what kind of force it's going to hit, whether it be a category one, two, three, four, or five, God forbid. They also begin to tell us if there's any type of tornadoes that might spin off of that hurricane. Uh, so I am tuned in during that particular time uh, to see what's going to happen uh, with all of those storms. I've watched temperatures rise and temperatures fall. I've seen the barometric pressure go up, the barometric pressure come down. I've seen clouds go and I've seen clouds come. And then I begin to listen with great intent uh, how that I hear the thunder begin to clap, the lightning begin to flash, the rain to begin to fall, and the storm surges begin to rise. Yes, storms are going to keep on coming in our life. And this may make sense to you tonight when you realize what I'm trying to say. Not only do we have natural storms within this world, but we also go through bouts of spiritual storms as well. And you would think that when you have braved one storm, that you would be ready for another storm to come. But in reality, the next storm that comes sometimes is worse than the storm we just came out of. And we know that to be a fact when it comes uh, to natural storms as well. Now, I remind you, uh, some of us tonight uh, need to understand that storms keep right on coming. I don't care how close you are to God, you're going to have some storms in your life. I don't care how long you pray and fast, or if you pray fast, you're going to have storms in your life. It doesn't matter how long you've served God, uh, you're still going to have storms. Nowhere does the Bible say that we're going to have smooth sailing in this world. But I rejoice in knowing that he has promised a safe landing over on the other side if we'll stay in the boat uh, that God has given us uh, to stay in. 
I know that many of us have gone through financial storms. Uh, with that being said, the ill wind of financial adversity has come our way. Uh, many of us have scraped and we have saved pennies. We worked two and three jobs to save a few dollars in order to get ourselves out of debt. And finally, we begin to breathe real well and we got a little rainy day fund and all of a sudden your plumbing goes out at home. Uh, there's a leak in your roof that's got to be repaired. An appliance goes out. Uh, the car breaks down and you go, dear God, we got to start all over again. Why? Storms keep right on coming. And there are many of us that we've had and we know what it's like to have physical storms as well. Uh, we have some ache in our, in our body. Uh, we go to the doctor and he diagnoses something and we take the pill uh, and we take the shot and we take the Z-Pack or whatever and we get to feeling good all over again and we're just happy and rejoicing and then we go to the doctor's appointment for a checkup and they give us a call to go to a specialist uh, because they found a little growth here that shouldn't be there. You do the colonoscopy and you find out that there's a malignant cyst or polyp there uh, and the list goes on. You say, dear God, what's going on in my world? I thought I got through this thing. Oh, it happened again storms I keep right on coming. There are also emotional upheavals that we go through. Uh, many have gone through divorces that they did not want to happen. Uh, many have tension upon the job at the where it's upheaval <coughs> in the workplace uh, between employees and it makes it tough. And there's some life was going by smooth but death has come uh, to every one of our homes at a time or place uh, within our life. And it's left a tremendous void within our heart. It's brought <coughs> pain to our spirit. And we go through grief counseling. We go through the time of grieving process only to feel like, well, I feel like I'm back to normal where I need to be. And then all of a sudden the world falls off underneath us again. Another tragedy comes that shakes us to the very foundation of who we are. Why? Storms uh, keep right on uh, coming. And there are many tonight equally as well. Uh, we know what it's like to have some type uh, of problem within our life when it comes to emotional upheaval. Each of us, we've known uh, some spiritual crisis as well uh, where your faith has been tried and your belief system has been questioned and your salvation is in question and you think, God, there's something wrong. I was living good for you and all of a sudden uh, this spiritual trial has come my way and God, I'm flat on my back trusting your word and then it's like you pull the rug out from underneath me and the promises that you made me uh, seemingly has not come to pass. And God, where are you in all of this? Uh, you begin to ask God, what's going on? What have I done wrong? You question your salvation and somewhere along the journey, uh, the joy that he gave you at salvation uh, no longer is in your life. Uh, that peace that you one time knew has drained completely out of your being. And by the same token, uh, the clap that was in your hand, uh, the shout that was coming out of your mouth uh, and the peace that was in your life, it is all but gone. And you're saying, God, what's the point of praying? And God, what's the point of going to church? It just seemed like with all of my heart, I don't know what's going on. You know why? Storms keep on coming in your life and in mine. The natural question tonight must be, why do storms come our way? Not only in the meteorological, meteorological sense, but it's a spiritual, emotional, physical, and even within our financialness, uh, why do storms keep coming our way? Maybe there's some lessons in the storms uh, that we're not seeing tonight. Uh, perhaps there's some meaning, uh, some significance uh, to those weather patterns within our life tonight that we're not fully appropriating uh, to our hearts and to our life. Perhaps tonight uh, there's some insight that we need to be gleaned from, but I want you to know why do storms uh, keep coming in your life and mine? Have you know what I'm talking about this evening. Amen. The storms keep raging. 
And yet we know the God who can say peace to the storm. So why does he allow the storms to come? First of all, I remind you that circumstances does not dictate whether you're in the will of God or not. Jonah was in a storm on a boat outside the will of God. Paul was on a boat in a storm in the will of God. There are storms of correction as so with Jonah and there are storms of perfection as in the case of Peter and the disciples and Paul himself. There's meanings to the storms that we go through in life. When it used to thunder and lightning back home in the mountains, my grandma used to say, son, that's God talking. And maybe it is God talking when the storm clouds roll in and when the thunder begins to chatter and the lightning begins to flashes. Maybe she was right. Maybe the storms today uh, that break out in our homes, maybe that's God talking. Maybe the storms that break out in the church, maybe that's God talking. Maybe the storms that break out in our finances, maybe that's God talking today. Maybe you may not understand what God is saying, but maybe he's talking. You may not like the tone of his voice, but there may be something there he's trying to say uh, that we might be a little dull of hearing uh, what he's trying to get across. He who in charge of the sunshine is also in charge of the clouds. He who is in charge of the wind is also in charge of the rain. And he who is in charge of the winter snow is the same God that's in charge of the flowers that bloom at springtime. God's job is to take charge of the storm and ours is to listen to the teaching that we receive from the storm itself. In the midst of the storm, if you and I will but listen, we may hear that small voice, be still and know that I am God. But when the storm's coming along, we do everything but be still. We first moved to Florida 20 some years ago and that first hurricane came through. I went to Ace Hardware and I bought duct tape and I came back and I put duct tape all over my windows. I made X's and crossbars. We bolted stuff down. We threw furniture in the swimming pool. That's a good place to put it. Uh, put the uh, yard furniture in the swimming pool. We moved trash cans. We moved everything. And I looked at my wife and said, what in the world we put tape on a window for? What good's that going to do? And they say it keeps it from shedding. I only did it one time. I'm not going to do it no more. It's a mess to get off. You get your power generators. We prepare for the storms, church. And sometimes the storm is a dud. It doesn't pack the punch that we thought that it did. And the next time they prepare for a storm, we don't do as much preparation. And that may be the one that gets us. And the same thing is true. There are times we cannot prepare for the storm, spiritually speaking. But we do have one that's greater than a meteorologist. His name is Jesus. And I know for a fact there have been more times than one that the Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart to prepare me for something that was coming down the pike that I had no idea what it was, but I knew something bad was coming. I knew there's going to be something about to blow up. There's going to be some upheaval somewhere. And I hate when the Holy Spirit, I'm glad he does it, but I hate it because I know storms keep coming. And as long as we live in this world, there's going to be physical storms. There's going to be emotional storms. There's going to be financial storms. There's going to be relationship storms. Then there's going to be literal physical storms in a meteorological sense as well. What is God saying? Be still and know that I am God. I can make it through any storm when I know that he's with me. I can make it through any storm when I know he will never leave me and he will never forsake me as well. And I can learn a lot if I'll be still and say, God, what is it you want to teach me through this storm?
How is it in your spiritual storms? Do you have a bad one, then have a good one? Or do you have a bad one, then have a worse one? Then have a worse one than that, and have a worse one than that. I don't know how it works in your world. In Florida, it can be pouring down the rain in my front yard and dries the bone in the back. Huh? So there might be times in your life and mine, spiritually speaking, that I might be going through a storm and my wife may not be. But the fact I'm going through that storm is affecting her and vice versa. And what I'm saying in churches, especially, and in our families, when one suffers, for God's sake, let's all try to suffer with them. And let's pray for each other and support each other and lift each other up. You know, in America, when the hurricanes come, when they hit and destroy stuff, then all the people go to make the aid and help them. We send the money, we send the food, thank God for it. But I wonder if we could do a whole lot better if we would try to help people before the storm came. We can help each other before our storms come by having relationships with each other that we can trust. I made a statement years ago, I made a couple of people mad. I guess I make people mad a lot, I don't know. I don't mean to. But I made a comment to a church once. And I said, you know, in all due respect, when I die, my wife will be able to find seven pallbearers or how many, six pallbearers to carry my body. But I'm hard pressed to find six men that I feel like I could trust and call at two o'clock in the morning if I had a need. And most men feel that way. Am I right or wrong? Most of us feel that way, right or wrong. But I pray, oh God, help me swallow my pride. Help me, dear Lord, some way to do whatever it takes to where I can have friendships that I can trust and can trust me and I can trust them. And that's the problem with life. <clears throat> men can be ruthless with men and women can be ruthless with women. And I do not know where that came from, but there it is. In one of the books I wrote, I shared this illustration, and you've heard it before, I'm sure, but it comes to mind. There are a group of preachers that went to a preacher's convention all the time, as a, like one of these area morning, monthly ministerial association meetings where all denominations come together. <coughs> and three of those guys, after a period of three or four months, they got real close to each other from different denominations, so they went fishing once in a while, and they'd do different things together, just the three of them. And they were out in a boat one day, and one of them says, you know, I really got close to you guys. They said, yeah, we got pretty close. We're bonded. He said, I need some prayer help and some prayer partners. And he said, you know, I have nobody in my denomination that I really want to trust because I can't really let my hair down and just be honest as I want to be because I could get in trouble. But guys, I need some help. He said, I've been lifting some money out of the church treasury every week. If my church found out, they would fire me and they ought to. But God's convicted me, I've repented, I'm putting all that money back. It wasn't a lot, but I'm putting it all back with interest. And the other two guys said, man, that took grits to share that. We will pray for you, and God bless you for your honesty. And the other pastor said, guys, I've been struggling with pornography. If my wife found out she would leave me, the church would fire me, and the denominations would take my papers. But God has convicted me. And I have repented and I've asked God to forgive me, but I need some accountability partners and I want you to help me. They said, we will. And the third guy said, well, you all confess your sins. It's time for me to confess mine. He said, I am a chronic gossiper and I cannot wait to get off this boat. <laughs> and therein lies the problem many times why we find it difficult to trust people. For brothers and sisters, when the storm's coming, they will. 
We cannot brave these storms by ourselves. We need each other and we need to rely upon each other as we bring each other to God and lift each other and try to encourage each other along the way. I can make it through my storm, any storm, when I know that God's trying to teach me something and I've got other people that I can lean on as well. You know, Noah knew something about storms tonight. God sent a storm one day. It was not a small storm. It rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And yet when the water came down, it was Noah and his family and, and the animals uh, that were placed upon that ark uh, that came into safety. And as a result of that, what did Moses learn? That God judges sin. And Moses learned that sometimes storms come by way of judgment uh, for, uh, uh, for correction. And he said he put a rainbow in the sky and Noah said, yep, God brought judgment upon this earth, but he'll never let the world be destroyed by water ever again. Noah learned some things. We also know that Jonah knew some things about a storm. Jonah was rebelling against God. Can you imagine? God had called him to preach the word, but he had commissioned him to go to Nineveh. But he knew if he went to Nineveh with God's message of repentance, that God would save the people. Can you imagine an evangelist that don't want to see people turn? An evangelist don't want to see people saved. An evangelist don't want to see people make things right with God. But he had such a love for Israel, and the Ninevites had a such hatred toward Israel. He thought they need to be uh, punished. They need to be judged. But Jonah had to learn out he wasn't the judge. God is. And jo God was offering mercy upon the Ninevites. So Jonah, uh, he has money in his pocket. It's a clear day, a cloudless day. He can see nothing but the sun on the horizon. And he goes down uh, to uh, uh, the boat yard and he has money in his pocket. He gets him a ticket to go to Tarshish, which is the furthest port he can get away from Nineveh. And while he was on that ship, thinking he's hiding from God, thinking he's running away, everything's gonna be all right because it was smooth sailing when he boarded that ship. But all of a sudden, the storm began to brew. And they were throwing stuff overboard and they were trying to spare the ship. And Jonah said, you wasting your time. Just throw me overboard. I'm the one that's running from God. And they threw him overboard. And he got swallowed by a giant fish. What did Jonah learn? You can run from God, but you can't hide. Peter knows something about storms. Read the Bible. And it said on the night Jesus was walking on the Sea of Galilee, Galilee, and Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. And the Bible said the winds were contrary. The waves were, uh, were freaking out on Peter that night. And he lost his foot and he began to sink. Peter, what did you learn from the storm? As long as I keep my eyes on Jesus, in the midst of a storm, I will survive. As long as I keep my eyes upon Jesus, there'll be equilibrium to my life that I will not fall against the waves and I will not capsize against the waves of that hour. I'll maintain my balance in life if I just but keep my eyes upon Jesus. There were two builders that knew something about storms. They both built their own houses. No doubt they had the finest of building equipment. And no doubt they also had, if you will, uh, the finest materials that were probably they had and the latest architectural designs. But after a while, a storm rose up. The rains came down, the winds blew. Uh, and as next thing you know, it beat up on their houses. Nobody has seen the man that built his house on the sand. But to the man who built his house upon the proper foundation, what did you learn from that boy? He said, I learned to build my hopes on things that are eternal and not upon the shifting sands of popularity 
or the shifting sands that are offered today. If you want to make a life count, build it upon Jesus Christ. It's the greatest foundation in all the world. And while we're standing on the foundation of the Word of God and the foundation of Jesus Christ the Lord, the emotional winds, uh, the, the physical winds, uh, the meteorological winds, the financial winds, all these storms are going to hit us. And we might move a little bit on that rock. And we might see and feel like we're not going to make it. But I'm here to tell you, the rock upon which we stand will never move. Amen. We build our hopes on things eternal the person of Jesus Christ. Years ago, I heard a story about an old woman, 80, 90 some years old, sitting in a rocking chair in her living room, rocking away. And all of a sudden there's an earthquake came and the house began to rattle and shake. The china began to shake in the cabinets. The windows began to shake. Uh, some of the stuff began to fall off the wall and she continued to rock back and forth. And her whole family went ballistic. Grandma, aren't you scared? Grandma, aren't you scared? We're in the middle of an earthquake, Come run, run. She continued to rock. And she began to praise God. She said, I thank the Lord. I serve a God big enough to rattle the world. Amen. Friend, it's all about perspectives. It's all about knowing in whom we believed and knowing what we can believe. Now, friends, since storms keep coming, maybe we ought to find out tonight, if we can, uh, how to get through that storm. If you want to know how to handle the storm, you got to talk to people who have already made their way through that storm. If you're in a storm and you think your boat's about to sink, you need to find some faithful seaman who has found his way through that storm before. That's why I love elderly people. There's a lot of wisdom. Do you know when many of the elderly people die, so much wisdom, so much life lessons have died with them? My pastor will turn 95, I think 94, 95 years old in a couple of days. And if I knew what that man forgot, I'd be a smart man. And I thought, Lord, when he dies, all that wisdom, all that experience, all that knowledge is gone. Around this room tonight, there's talent here. There's wisdom here. There's experience here. There's knowledge here that many of us have never been around each other enough to tap into what's going on. And there, I've been here for 17 years and I still learn things about some of you people I never knew. The knowledge that you're sitting on the wisdom that you have. And Lord, if there's some way that we could distribute that to the younger generation, they would be light years ahead. And you've learned how to go through the storms and the storms have been tough in your life. And sometimes the older we get, the tougher the storms are. We often think, man, you know, when, when, I, when I went to my insurance agent, he said, if you can just make it to 65, you've got it made, you'll get Medicare. Well, I made it and I don't see anything good about it. Golden years is a lie. The doctor gets the gold, we get stuck with the years. You know how that works out. But we need to learn about storms from people that's been through them. And when you talk to the older people that's braved the storms, one day you'll be that old people, should the Lord tarry, that old person, that you can help the younger battle through theirs as well. In the meantime, don't quit in the storm, stay in the boat. In the meantime, don't bail out, stay in the boat. Don't give up in the storms of life, stay in the boat. Don't abandon your life vest and don't commit spiritual mutiny, stay in the boat. 
This old gospel ship that we're in tonight, it's braved many of a storm and thank God it's gonna sail one day all the way to the port of glory. Just stay in the boat and hold on to the hand that's holding on to you. We have a master helmsman tonight. He knows how to navigate through the storms of this life and he's not lost a one yet that stayed in the boat and stayed true to him. And yet many times we panic and we do spiritual mutiny and we panic and we run here and we panic and we do that and we panic and we drink this and we panic and we smoke that and we panic and we watch that. Let me tell you, stay in the cotton picking boat and let him get you through the storm of life for he's never had one that's sunk yet. Now look at, let's look at Paul, the veteran of the sea, just for a moment. He can tell us what it's like when the storms keep coming. In our text, Paul is a prisoner bound for the final time to stand before a, a, a trial in, in Rome. And on the last leg of his journey, Paul found that another storm was coming. And the Bible said they were sailing and a storm rope up out of the sea. It was a nor'easter. It was basically a hurricane is what it was. And Paul had warned them, don't go here and don't go there. But oh no, they're listening to the guy that knows what he's doing. And they took off. And Paul said, we, we, this ain't smart. But no, they listened. And they skirted around here and skirted around there. And then all of a sudden, here comes that hurricane. And they were petrified as to what to do. They went down and they threw away all the cargo of that day. The verse 15 says they couldn't guide the ship, so, it was, uh, and let, so they let it go. Why? Storms keep coming. They pulled down the sails. Storms keep coming. They went down and, 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 and tossed all the cargo. The storm kept coming. They threw away the tackle overboard, but the storm kept on coming. Uh, they had been in the storm for 14 days. No sun was shining. It was black. It was gloomy. The clouds were there for 14 days. They did not eat. And finally, Paul said, why don't you all just have some meat? Get something to eat. You're weak. And they sat down and they ate till they were full. And then finally, the apostle Paul said, you should have listened to me. I'm not a sailor, but I know a man who controls the sea. And he said, last night, an angel from the God who I serve and the God whom I love and told me if we'll but stay in the boat, we'll be spared. Stay in the boat and we'll be spared. They listened to Paul. While all you have been working and fussing about, I was down in the cabin having a prayer meeting. But be a good cheer, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I'm serving. Everything is going to be all right. Now notice what happened. Paul could have said, when the storms of life keep on raging, he will stand by me. When the storms of life will never let down, he will stand by me. Amen. When I don't know what to do, he will stand by me. Look at verse 29. In the midst of the hurricane, they dropped four anchors overboard and they sat in that boat and they waited it out. Beloved, when the storm keeps coming, your survival is not in the sail. Your survival is in the anchor. I'm anchored in Jesus. I said I'm anchored in Jesus. The survival is not in the sail. The survival's in the anchor. My soul is anchored to Jesus. Storms are coming and they're coming again and again. 
But is your anchor in Jesus Christ? Is your anchor in religion? Is your anchor in your financial purse? Is your anchor in your friendship with somebody? Where is your anchor? I trust to God it's in Jesus tonight. They made it safe and so can you. They went ahead and they, stepped, stopped, dropped, they, stepped, they started dropping in the depth finders and they found it was deeper. Then they found it was only 90 foot deep. And they thought, we're going, we're, we're, we're going to hurt, man. We're, we're, going to, we're going to crash this boat. And as a result, what happened? They dropped the anchors and they went into a barge. And all of a sudden the ship fell apart and they were ready to kill all the prisoners. They didn't want anybody to escape. And finally the one man said, don't kill them. If they can swim, let them swim to the island. They got aboard, they got a, board, a part of the ship or whatever, and they made their way to the island. And Paul was not harmed because he stayed in the boat and he trusted the anchor. Church, I hope you make sense tonight what I'm trying to say. Storms are coming. And just because you're a Christian, that does not mean we're not going to have storms in our life over and over and over again. But stay in the boat and be anchored in Jesus. Because thank God we're going to make it home one day. You know, I read in the Revelation, and John the Revelator said he saw no more sea. <laughs> that just intrigues me. Maybe I'm wrong on this. But he was on that island of Patmos, and 24-7, he kept hearing the waves crashing that island. Just crashing that island again and again and again. And he has to write, in heaven, there's no more sea. <laughs> it just fascinates me. Well, guess what? There'll be no more sea that we have to worry about any more storms when we get home. I'm tired of storms. I'm tired of life going on all of a sudden. And all of a sudden, a storm cloud comes over my head. It's like Johnny Rain cloud. You know what I'm talking about? And here it comes. Just more problems, more problems, more confusion, more pain, more suffering. And the enemy says, get out of it. I want to make a statement. You all might get mad at me and my wife might too, but it's all about me. I was out a few weeks ago. I was a little depressed. Some news I'd heard that got me down. I carried two guns with me all the time. And I had my son-in-law with me and he went into Walmart and I sat there in the truck and the enemy said, take one of them. Like father, like son, take one of them and kill yourself. And I laughed out loud. And I went, you dumb devil, like father, like son. The thought came, but the temptation didn't. Are you hearing me? The thought came, but the temptation didn't. Like my Father in heaven, I can be like him. And storms are going to keep on coming, and I don't like them any more than you do. But you stay in the boat, and if you anchor in Jesus Christ, we're going to survive the storms, friend. If the word of God is true, and it is, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Praise